Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, uh, you're listening to KLT, KLT HD2 and Odyssey Station. Let's do the 8 at 8. One. One. NHL to Houston, question mark, article in Bloomberg that uh, Tillman Fertitta, the owner of the Rockets, who has long been rumored to be the uh, potential owner of an NHL team here in town. Like, if hockey comes to Houston, chances are it's going to be Tillman Fertitta that's the owner because he runs the Toyota Center. And yeah. they're not going to – I don't think the city's going to build a new facility for a hockey team here in town. So Tillman Fertitta in this interview, Seth, says, we are talking to the NHL, but it's got to be good for both of us. We just know that when there's a concert downtown, how it activates downtown, Astros, soccer. He talks about how a lot of this stuff would be great for downtown, and it would also be great – for the Toyota Center, 40 more dates a year at that building. I, I think there's two elements to everything Tillman Fertitta just said that that makes it more viable, perhaps, than it would for other owners mm-hmm. in Houston. One is that, yes, the, the Fertittas own Toyota Center. Yep. So there's that, which they're already making money on Toyota Center. So maybe if there's a lull or maybe demand isn't quite the same at first as they would think, that they, they, can, they can fill in the spaces mm-hmm. there, fill in some of the voids because they make other revenue off of Toyota Center. But the second part is that part of, I, I always forget that Fertitta in his actual core restaurant business also does benefit by there being more activity downtown yeah. and all the other yeah. opportunities that it creates. Like he's, he's kind of invested in creating this more of a scene downtown in general. Yes. And if you get 40 games per year of people going to watch hockey, that obviously helps a lot in that regard. Bunch of restaurants downtown. Absolutely. Okay, I'm more excited about it than I was before. I'm excited. No, look, I, make yeah. no mistake. I, if they if we got a hockey team here, I would go. I love hockey. I just haven't had I haven't followed it in years cuz I haven't lived in a city with a team. Well, I'm I would I already would have been excited if they got hockey, but I wasn't allowing myself to get excited cuz it didn't seem realistic. Oh, but I got now you. It, 
I, I feel like, it, plus, the NHL, as people have pointed out, the NHL with the last couple expansion teams tried to, tried to do some stuff to help juice up the early success, yeah. which helps get people on board, yep, obviously. Yep, yep, yep. Now, this might be a team moving here, not an expansion team, but if it were an expansion team, yeah. I think either way, it would be, um, it would be awesome. Two. Uh, Justin Fields, Bears quarterback for now, um, he unfollowed the Bears on social media, uh, and a big deal was made out of that. He also followed some Atlanta Falcons on social media, on his Instagram. Here's Justin Fields on the St. Brown Brothers podcast, Equinemia St. Brown, Amon Ross St. Brown. And um, they asked him, hey, man, what about unfollowing the Bears on social media? Wait, since we're here, hold on. But, I mean, what's we're the, not comparing. What's, oh, no, 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 no. Since we're here. All right, come on. What's with the unfollow with the Bears? What's, what's up with that? Man, bro, I'm glad we're talking about it because people, why do people take social media so serious? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but like, why are you, why are you unfollowing the Bears? Like, I still mess with the Bears. It's not, I'm just trying to take a little break. I unfollow the Bears and the NFL, bro. I'm not just trying to have football on my timeline. Like, mm. I know y'all mess with a girl, EQ, especially you. Just because you don't follow the girl on IG, don't mean you're not messing with her. That's true. You That's know? true. That's facts. That's facts. Oh, so you're saying you mess with the Bears this morning now that you unfollow them? Man, it's not even like that. Ah, okay, it's, okay. It's something that I don't want to see in my timeline. I'm about to go on vacation. I don't want to see no mm. football. And guess just, what? Just get away. Get a little away for a little bit. It's either Keith Fields. We want Fields. See the drive, Caleb. So it's like, bro, man, I'm tired of hearing the talk. I just wanted to be over. Yeah, he's trying to still be friends with Chicago, basically. Trying to still be friends, even though, hey, man, I just I unfollowed you. I'm trying to get away from football. You looked at his who he's following on Instagram. There's plenty of football on his timeline coming up. Yeah, he's up following here. Bleacher Report yeah. and other news outlets and, and media personalities and what have you, just not the Bears specifically. Yeah. I'm not buying the whole Southern Bell Act where he acts like, well, I didn't realize it would cause such a stink. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course you did. Yeah. You, you know that. You follow Bleacher Report. So you see all the other reports of when people unfollow people on social media. I don't know if he was trying to send a message or something, but I never buy for a single second when somebody acts like they didn't realize it was going to be a big deal. Yeah. So he was either trying to send a message or maybe he was upset in the moment. I don't know. I just don't buy that it was uh, that it didn't mean anything at all. Well, and in that interview later, he even says, like, it's wearing on him. Like, he just wants to yeah. get this over with now at this point. So I think he's like, – I could see him doing it just to be do, like, little things to push the issue here. You know, like, hey, all right. That's true. You, you know? know what? A, war- a warning shot or just a little bit of a, hey, look, I'm Let's not go. just going to sit here. Yeah. And act like there's nothing going on when obviously there's something going on. Yep. Yeah. Three. So I, I don't feel like it explained it though. Still, I don't. I don't buy the explanation. Oh, zero. Yeah. Zero. He's gonna get. You can unfollow the Bears if you're following any news outlet. You're gonna get hit with news about yourself. Your only solution is to put your phone away, which the overlords and the gods may have taken care of for everybody today uh-huh. by turning off everybody's phones. Um, number three, uh, Astros yesterday in spring training. Um, some nice footage again of batting practice. Some good Jeremy Pena swings off of Framber Valdez. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. I forget who Pena was going against, but Dubon going against Framber. Hit an oppo taco off of Framber yesterday in batting practice. And Seth, I am told, Spencer Arigetti, yeah. one of the bright young faces in the Astros system, looked awesome yesterday. 25 pitches in, um, in a... Um, in a like a the, the batting practice setting that they've been doing, twenty five pitches, four strikeouts, a walk, no hits. You know where they put Spencer Arigetti's locker, Sean? Who'd they put it next to, Seth? Right next to Justin Verlander. Hell yeah. 
feel like that's a pretty good indication of, uh, you know, not that they, it's not like giving him his number or anything, but they want Justin Verlander to be a good influence on right, right. Spencer Arigatti. In my mind, I like to envision like uh, just the old cliche movie scenario where Justin Verlander is grumpy and grizzled and doesn't want anything to do with this young kid. And Spencer Arigatti, meanwhile, is just uh, like nonstop questions all the time. Do you, Calls him Skip. Do you, do, you, uh, do you think Hunter Brown is jealous of Spencer Arigatti? Because Hunter Brown is a young pitcher who's actually from the state of Michigan where Verlander was his hero growing up. Models himself after him. Literally like models a... his pitching motion after Justin Verlander. You know what would be great? They probably that... had to have a conversation with Hunter. Maybe. I'm serious. Like, Listen, Hunter, um, let's just try not to just be always around Can you imagine? Verlander. Can you imagine? And Hunter's like, we're going to put Spencer by Verlander, okay, Hunter? Um, and it's, not, it's nothing personal. Justin didn't say anything, but he, Spencer's newer <laughs> than you. We're going to put him next to Justin. And Hunter's like, that's fine. But why did you have to put me in the far corner next to Jake Myers? Okay? Yeah, I got, I get into like a single white female vibe here. You Maybe. know, the just a little bit of jealous rage. Yes. Perhaps, blah, blah. Maybe it's good for Hunter Brown's performance. Maybe. So, Arigatti, this is the thing they like about Arigatti is that he apparently accepts coaching very, very well. Good. He's been able to, like last year, he started off struggling. He had an 11.05 ERA in his first four outings mm-hmm. in Corpus Christi. And then he made a couple little tweaks in his mechanics. And boom, .67 ERA in his next five outings. Yeah. He got minor league pitcher of the month. Yeah. Got uh, elevated to AAA. So uh, that, the, the one common theme or grain that he has with another pitcher on the staff is that controlling his motions on the mound has been cited as something he's improved. Mm, so okay. I, I feel like maybe they need to put his locker next to Framber. Oh, yeah, sandwich say. him between Verlander and Framber and get, get all the advice from both sides. Answer Frambagetti, yeah. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Four. All right, let's get to the Rockets. They're back in action tonight. Uh, they play the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, I'd say a, maybe a mild surprise just based on Ime Odoka's quotes prior to the All-Star break where he was saying, man, I don't know, maybe need to make some changes here and get the five guys that compete the best out there early in games because we get off to these bad starts. There will be no change to the starting lineup, Seth. Uh, so Jalen Green, you're safe. Your, your minutes, at least early in games, are safe for now. Well, for Fred Van Vliet will be back tonight. He's going to play back-to-back. He, they play Thursday and Friday. He's going to play in both those games, so he's back healthy. Tar Eason, there's no guarantee he's going to be back this season. So those were all the updates yesterday on the Rockets. I, so with Jalen Green, like at some point, something's got to change, right? Yes. And uh, uh, just the big question is, okay, how and when? And it, it just doesn't it doesn't feel or seem like like he's maybe taken as full a responsibility for his inconsistency uh, as is maybe you would like. I just you're not have you seen any reports about Jalen Green just like just being laser focused on no. on fixing anything or no. becoming a different player or anything like that? No, he's at the time. There's times he's gotten on the microphone and said, "We need to do this more. We need to do that more." You know, where he yeah. feels like the style of play. We need to run more. He said after one of the games. You know, like it, yeah, I I don't I don't think Ime Odoka and Jalen Green are vibing at all, in my opinion. Just yeah, outsider just, looking in. Yeah, so I don't know like exactly what at this point. If I'm Udoka, just from the outside looking in. I think it's like some kind of a huge, you know, firing around across the bow or something to try to get his attention would be to uh, to bench him. But for whatever reason, that's not in the arsenal right now. Nope. Five. Um, this was making the rounds yesterday. Adrian Peterson, um, Hall of Fame running back. 
Houstonian. He lives in Houston. This this story is actually a Houston-based story. Um, he had uh, a bunch of his items were up for auction, or at least it appeared to be that way yesterday. Um, it was an estate sale. It was reported as an estate sale. Um, and uh, they uh, there's a bunch of items here. Like I'm talking like everything from trophies, uh, like rookie of the year trophies, to game balls, to shirts out of the closet and ties. Like this is yeah. a ten page, a ten page auction. And and the the immediate speculation was that Adrian Peterson is in financial trouble because he has had financial issues during his career. At times, he actually posted a message about the estate sale on his Twitter account last night. Here's what he had to say. I want to clarify our recent rumors and media reports. An estate sale company, without my authorization, included some of my trophies in the sale, despite clear instructions to leave personal items untouched. I did not authorize the sale of any of my trophies, and I will be taking legal action. Trusting this company without supervision was my mistake. We allowed them to go into several of our storage units with clear instructions. They clearly did something unlawful. Okay. I want to emphasize that I am financially financially stable. It would never sell off my hard-earned trophies. And if I was going to sell them, I know people that I can sell them to. I wouldn't go online and sell my 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 personal items. So that so so he was clearing that up. I I was glad to hear that. I don't know what his financial situation is, Seth. He's got a bunch of stuff in a bunch of storage units. I got like I was going through some of the stuff there and when yeah. I got to the first page and it's literally like clothes, like shirts. I'm not talking like autographed Viking jerseys. I'm talking like golf shirts and button-down right, shirts. Right, like right. someone's selling yeah. all their clothes. Like that depressed me seeing that. Well, I, yeah, you know, I, I guess it depends. I mean, he is still kind of unwinding in his, from his professional career. Yeah. A lot of guys end up with like, you end up with more square footage in multiple houses than you really need or want. And you realize, oh, okay, I got to get rid of some of this stuff. Right. And so he's, and who knows? I mean, it could be like, just hypothetically with anybody, I don't know with Adrian Peterson, but like a divorce situation or whatever, yeah. where you just got to liquidate. Yep. So that part of it, I, I know and see why somebody might have an estate sale. Mm-hmm. But yeah, selling the trophies is the big red flag yeah. for a former athlete when you start feeling like, oh, wow, they're, they're destitute. So I could see why he was upset with that. Obviously. Yeah, for sure. Six. Um, college football playoff committee. We know voted unanimously on the twelve team format. Five division, five conference champions plus seven at large. Earlier this week, they had a follow up meeting on Wednesday, and evidently a fourteen team playoff model was discussed. You asked me this yesterday, like, <laughs> yeah. So how far ahead do these guys plan? I'm like, tomorrow. <laughs> oh, Sean, tell me exactly what they're. <laughs> Yeah, didn't we just hear pretty recently that there would be no expansion yeah. for a long time? They, yeah. they were discussing a 14-team playoff, and I'll tell you, this meeting yesterday, I, I have yet to see reports, I'm sure there are, of what's come out of it. There was a there was a huge level of nervousness, I guess, going into the follow-up meeting on Wednesday that, like, okay, this is the meeting where the Big Ten and the SEC really grab everybody by the neck and say, look... Uh-huh. We're going to get at least four bids in this playoff format or yeah. else. Um, yeah. They wield a lot of power right now, the Big Ten and the SEC. They're the big dogs because those, like, I, no disrespect to all the other schools that are in the Big 12 and the ACC and everywhere else. If the Big Ten and the SEC wanted to break off and do their own playoff, they could do it and probably draw billions and billions of dollars. So they, they kind of 
they kind of hold the cards right now. I just I, got a kick out of the whole, like, oh, yeah, now a 14-team playoff is a topic all of a sudden. We're so far into uncharted territory in terms of exactly what could happen, what would work, and everything else. I mean, you've got a Big Ten that has teams from California in mm-hmm. it now. I don't the, – my first knee-jerk is that, okay, just one super conference of just those schools seems like it would be too far removed yeah. from – everything else that maybe it wouldn't be as great as you think. But I, in all honesty, I have zero clue. Yeah. I, the college football landscape is so much different than what I, I like anybody would have genuinely predicted three, four years ago Dude, that I have zero clue. They've done so many things that if you told me they were going to do five, ten years ago, I said that's going to kill the popularity of the sport, and the sport just keeps getting more popular. So I'm, I'm 100% with you, Seth. Zero clue on where this is all going to go. Seven. Uh, Amazon is going to get the streaming playoff game this coming season. Remember the one that was on Peacock between the Chiefs and the Dolphins? Amazon is going to get that this season. So there will be another streaming playoff game. That had a lot of people feeling a certain kind of way. The price tag? $120 bucks. $120 million bucks for me. It was 110 from NBC last year to the NFL. Amazon had a clause in their contract that gave them the right to uh, to get that game if they wanted to at a certain price. And they are so, saying, yes, we want that. So this is one of those things that was reported last week, but the, everybody said, oh, hold up, it's not official yet. And now it's official for oh, sure. I, yeah, I don't know. I just saw it okay. on Barrett Sports Media yesterday. So, yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was a little bit of a, a start and go to it. Amazon, were you happy with the actual Amazon broadcasts? Uh, like you, the, like the, So watching it, streaming it, oh, were you happy with the quality of it? Uh, oh yeah, the quality of the the quality of of the the yes the, the yeah. quality like of the distribution. You got a steady stream without yes. hiccups and everything. Yeah, I think that they do something. I don't know how. It's not like the resolution on my TV gets any better, but man, the picture is crisp as hell. It's good. Yeah, like in very. I think they use they use some super super good cameras for mm-hmm. a lot of the close up stuff and everything. Um, but yeah, that part of it I enjoy. I know you don't like the halftime show or the studio. I'm not show a fan of the. I think the studio. I think almost every studio show could be tweaked. I'm a fan of less is more with all those. I do think that Amazon, unlike Apple TV, when they do sporting events, I, Amazon hasn't tried to go so far outside the box that it feels uncomfortable. Right. Like Apple with their baseball broadcast, sometimes you're like, all right, what, what are you guys? You're trying too much here. It's too much yeah. all at once. It's not part of a normal broadcast. Yep. Amazon, I felt like they kept they, they, they kept it pretty vanilla. And I, I agree. That. I agree. Um, did you see the video of the Amazon, speaking of Amazon, the van that got clipped on the train tracks yesterday? I was, uh, I, was watching, I watched it for like eight seconds and nothing happened. So Crazy video. Okay, well, you should have stayed till like 15 seconds. Holy smokes. Find it, people, if you can find it. Oh, my God. This, this Amazon driver, I guess, must have been stuck on the train tracks. And yeah. the camera in his van, you can see he's in an Amazon van. He's got a, he's got a wall behind him, you know? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, boom, he gets hit. And it's like he's, it's like he's sitting in front of a backdrop of a train track and trees and stuff. Like, it... It ripped. I mean, he was so it ripped it apart enough, though, that it like threw him clear, and he was he, he was, was still okay. sitting in the driver's yeah. seat. Yeah, he was still sitting. I, I say, I'll, I'll tell you honestly, the TMZ website. I don't understand. They're so successful as a website, and yet this is, from the moment I told you the first time I watched, I, I hit play. It's still spinning. I'm yeah. Still the, their their the video player spin. sucks. It's astounding. Their video player sucks. They're they're losing out on so much money because yeah. their video player sucks. It's bad. I don't I don't understand it. Like that's their bread and butter in the video play. Like that's like a restaurant. I mean, it's like a restaurant just having rats running around the kitchen. You know, like it's it's crazy. Um. All right. So 
the Texans, we're at a stage now where we might start seeing some some cap cuts for the Texans, opening up a little more salary cap space. One I feel is imminent. One I am really, really hoping does not happen. We will uh, we will tell you who that is coming up next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. A couple names here for the Texans. One I think is, I, if I had to guess, I'd say will be gone. And another that I'm hoping stays. And I don't know how people feel about the, the, the one I hope stays. We'll get to him in just a second as we welcome you back in. Sean Pendergast, Seth Payne with you on a, uh, on a Thursday. Um, Robert Woods appears to be, uh, I think, appears to be destined to be a cap casualty for this team. And it's no disrespect to Robert Woods, who was, by all accounts, a, a really good influence in that wide receiver room. I'm sure if he were to get cut and they interviewed Nico Collins and Tank Dell, they would talk about how important Robert Woods was to their respective development. But they can open up $5 million in savings by letting go of Robert Woods. And the, I, the thing, too, with Robert Woods, Seth, is he, he, got, he got banged up more as the year went on, which will happen when yeah. you're 32 years old, and his productivity dropped. He had 40 catches, and it felt like 80% of them came before the bye week. <laughs> you know, Right. I, I think Robert Woods, in a lot of ways, served his purpose. He was almost like the, the, the cocoon for the butterfly um, in that those first few games – he was solid, steady, was exactly where he needed to be, and he was a security blanket for C.J. Stroud. Once Tank Dell and Nico Collins genuinely emerged, C.J. molted. He uh, he got rid of the. He didn't need that cocoon anymore. And it, like Robert Woods, Robert Woods was very good at getting just open enough, but man. There was almost zero run after the catch because it was usually CJ jamming the ball to Robert Woods who had somebody draped over the top of him. Yeah. And he would get a first down, but it's not something that's going to be sustainable or be like feel very easy. At some point, you're going to start getting exploited for turnovers with, with that dynamic. So, yeah, I think um, I would say like it would be a very, very heartfelt thank you, but it's, uh, it's time to move on. Yeah, I would add Dalton Schultz to... I know he's not a receiver, but as far as a role in the offense, it also kind of impeded on what Robert Woods was doing. You know, Dalton Schultz took a little while to get untracked with CJ. Yeah, you know, yeah. by about five or six weeks in, the two of them really started to figure it out. 
Yeah. And and so the, and I know Dalton's a free agent, but as far as like the, the you know Robert Woods getting minimized during the year, I think Dalton probably had a role in that too. Do you think he's here? Or do you think they move on from Robert Woods? You, I think they move on from him. Do you? If I had to bet, yeah, yeah it won't be too. a surprise to me if he's if he's here. But I think they end up moving on. And again, like it's just it's the natural life cycle. You gotta you're trying to get younger, and he's a guy that right now it's it's not like the trajectory is going to change. This is who he's been for the last few years since mm-hmm. his since his injury. Since his injury, yep, I agree with you on that. Um, Jimmy Ward, the team can save three point eight million in salary cap money if they were to move on. From safety Jimmy Ward, who, as signings go, last season he might have been the one I was most excited about. Him and Dalton Schultz, yeah. Um, and 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 Jimmy Ward gave us pl- when he was healthy, gave you plenty to get excited about. He brought an energy to the defense. He brought some dog to the defense. He was the guy that was getting guys hyped up before games. A captain of the team, clearly a leader. Made plays, had the interception to seal the deal against Denver. But he couldn't stay healthy. He had three different injuries this year. Yeah, and the, the thing I worry about with Jimmy Ward is that this will be his 11th year in the league, and he has a style of play that is probably not conducive yeah, to dude, staying healthy. No, okay. he's, he, he's a, he is not afraid one bit to stick his head uh, into arms and legs and torsos and just create havoc, and, and it's awesome. It's just I don't know if he's built for it anymore. No, and I, and if he doesn't do that, he's not Jimmy Ward. You know that's the right. that's the you know the catch twenty two of the the situation. Yeah, I was I saw a highlight video of Jimmy Ward the other day. Seth popped up on my Twitter timeline, and it was highlights of him playing, but also highlights of him talking, getting hyped yeah. up. Like he Jimmy Ward has a phenomenal energy. He is one of the three or four best personalities on this team, and I think D'Amico views him as when healthy, really important to the to to just you know the overall the overall energy on, on that defense. Um, so I'm watching it, and the beginning of the video is him getting guys hyped up in the huddle before games and stuff. I'm like, this is great, man. And in my mind, I'm going, I hope Jimmy is finding, working with the training staff and finding you know three or four things he can do differently to make sure he's not pulling hamstrings or quads or staying <laughs> yeah. on the field. And then the highlights start, and I'm like, he's got no chance of staying. What am I? What am I thinking? He's just hamstrings, hurling his yeah. body like, around. I'm like, he's gonna lose. His head's gonna fall off of his torso. It's sometime. like it's like keeping your hamstrings hamstrings in shape for a car accident. <laughs> I just want to be sure I don't pull a hammy. Yes, as I get t bones Exactly you know? what it is. I'm like, why am I worried about his quad? Like, oh my god. Um, he played. He played twelve games in San Francisco in 2022. Okay. He played ten. Ga- he only. He started five of them. Remember, they're shuffling him around between yeah. sl- uh, slot corner and safety, and he yeah. wasn't happy with that. And um, he ended up starting. Is that right? He started ten games last year. He did. Felt like he missed more than that. It okay. did feel like he missed yeah. more than that. I think it's because of the frequency that he was injured. It probably felt more like. And and he finished the season. Injured too, you know. He, and he's going to be thirty-three years old this year. Yeah, yeah, I that's mean, old, old. Right now, Kareem, now Kareem Jackson has a, a, a similar a play brutally style. physical style. Yeah. You know, maybe with Kareem, it was partly that he was playing cornerback for his first decade, Could be. so he wasn't getting as much. So now as a safety, he's he's saved up a little bit of of leeway in his joints to to be a head smasher. I think Jimmy Ward's going to be here next year. You know, I've yeah. seen speculation like, well, they can they can get four million bucks if if this were a team. That was over the cap, or a team that, you know, was getting ready to sign their 
quarterback to his big second contract extension. Like if they were if they were in some sort of cataclysmic salary cap situation, I think Jimmy Ward would get cut. I think with sixty million in cap space, I think Jimmy Ward comes back next year and you just A, you hope that he's healthy. You always hope that he's healthy. But B maybe that was baked into his salary. Like you said, he played twelve games last year in San Francisco. He's not super expensive for the player that he is. Right. Like he, he makes $8 million a year, something like that. When he's on the field, he is a really good football player. And, you and know? he does a lot of the higher-level stuff that D'Amico would like them to be able to do on defense in terms of recognizing formations, changing your responsibilities, mm-hmm. or the call, uh, you know, kind of as a, as a response. The cat-and-mouse game between the offense and defense, you know, the simple level is, okay, offense comes out, defense lines up, Quarterback sees something, changes the call. The next step you want to get to is, oh, we see that they changed their call based on the look that we're showing them, so now we're going to change our call. And I don't think the Texans' defense is at that point yet. Yeah. And, but Jimmy does a lot of that stuff where he understands tendencies well enough, and, and sometimes it's just a matter of swapping responsibilities with another defensive back. That, uh, that backfield still needs tutelage in that regard, mm-hmm. and I think he can be that guy. Yeah, so... I, I I I don't like paying guys millions of dollars to be coaches on the field, but I think he is more than that. Yeah. He was very vocal in encouraging CJ to speak up and encouraging some of the younger guys to take ownership. I also like that he was, according to what he said to Richard Sherman, I think he was the first person to tell Jalen Petrie, hey, you know, it's not always a great thing to lead the league in tackles. Yes. That's, that's a sign that your defense isn't playing that right, great. Right, right, right. If you're, it's, it's not necessarily, it's not necessarily like an indication of how good you are as a football I player. I know the team likes to tweet out graphics about how many yeah. tackles you had. Okay. Yeah. Let them do that. Yeah. Don't you pay attention to that. Um, the, uh, there's going to be some interesting names, I think, as long as we're talking about cap casualties. I mean, we've, we're looking at all these free agency lists and going, oh, Mike Evans is here and, uh, you know, the, the Saquon Barkley is here. Um, I'm looking at some of these teams that are way over the cap, and I, I can't wait for them to put their items out by the, uh, by the street, the recyclable yeah. bin. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think there's going to be – Mike Williams is, is already reportedly out there, right, with the, 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 the Chargers are – Soon to be. It's, it's reported that that's what they're planning on yeah, doing. Yeah, and, and dumping Mike Williams. I mean, that's that's a wide receiver, and, and and presumably a lot of times when guys are cap casualties like that, it's there's you know there's reason for it, and they might not be as expensive. Um, you know, I've seen Alvin Kamara's name pop up as a possible running back who could be out there because the Saints are always looking to I, get under the cap. The, the whole wide receiver thing, and when we talk about Mike Evans and everybody else, I think you, you got to keep in mind that teams aren't just looking at the wide receivers. They're looking at all the options in the offseason. And this year, it is this draft is regarded as being particularly deep at, at the wide receiver position. Mm. So, yeah, you've already got you know Mike Evans and other receivers out there in free agency, but then you add Mike Williams into the mix. You add all of these potential rookies that people might want to draft. And that's where I think there might be better bargains out there in free agency this year at that position than, than we realize. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of like what it did to the tight end position last year. Nick Chubb's name I've seen out there. I don't know. Coming off – coming off, he had two knee surgeries on that Nick, one injury. Nick Chubb – oh, who was the other uh, – well, oh, Khalil Mack, which uh, – or not Khalil Mack um, – Alvin Kamara, yeah. that was the one I saw. Yep. Alvin Kamara, like I not. When was the last time Alvin Kamara was Alvin Kamara? Uh well, I only know I had him on my fantasy team last year, and he put up some decent fantasy numbers. Yeah, but, but as far as 
I know what you're saying. Like as far as being the guy that goes and gets 5.6 yards per carry and is somebody that you got a really game plan for. Like it's one, it's one thing to be the guy who ends up scoring touchdowns on an average offense because someone's got to score them. That's kind of what Kamara felt like last year. Yeah, it's yeah. he's a couple years removed from being the guy that they paid. Yes, I would say yeah. Like 2020, I think was his last really genuinely impressive year like great I think, season. in terms of both both rushing and receiving mm-hmm. and since then it's been kind of a slutty, steady decline he's been he's been under four point yards per carry in that time mm-hmm. as a receiver though he's still very this is the part the x the x factor that i just don't know that uh puts a lot of these guys over my beloved derrick henry is their ability as a receiver yeah. so like camara Saquon Barkley, and a couple Austin Eckler, like those guys are still more well-rounded in totality than than perhaps Derrick Henry and a couple of those guys. Oh, Joe Mixon's Joe Mixon potential cap casualty. Yeah, too. I saw that too. I saw that too. Um, gonna be some interesting names out there, man. Interesting names. All right, Payne and Pendergast with you on a uh, on a Thursday. All right, Johnny Manziel sat down with Shannon Sharp and did a two-hour podcast. Went in on his former college head coach also kids I would not recommend if you need to lose weight which is always a good thing for people if you're out of shape I would not recommend the Johnny Manziel weight loss plan that is next (laughs) okay picture this it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. I was 210 pounds when I left Cleveland. I was 170 pounds sitting in Vegas that August, that September, October, whatever it was later in that year. How you lose 40 pounds? You're on a strict diet of blow. Oh, I was about to say, only you don't want either one of them. I mean, you lose 40 pounds in that length of time, you on crack. Or Ozempic. <laughs> so that's the new thing now. <laughs> touche, touche. You're right about that, bro. You're and at that point in time, man, I would look in a mirror and I didn't see myself any different than when I was in Cleveland. Really? Until I stepped on a scale at the Cosmopolitan Hotel in Las Vegas, I didn't realize I had lost 40 pounds. That was Johnny Manziel. He was on Shannon Sharp's podcast, Club Shay Shay, dropped yesterday. And, boy, I, when he says, I looked in the mirror and I didn't I didn't see any difference until I stepped on the scale, I just remember, dude, the pictures that surfaced on social media of Johnny in his first season, his first year after getting cut by the Browns yeah. was some of the scariest stuff I've ever seen of a guy, you know, just he looked like a skeleton. He looked like a ghost. Just stumbling around resorts all over the place. Well, he had also kind of like like tattoos, but like awkwardly placed. <laughs> like in the, yeah, like it one, wasn't good, one, man. Like There's one like in the crook of his elbow, and uh, yeah, he was. Uh, 
I, I, would, I don't want to say living his best life at all, not at all, because one thing that he does here, and it's actually a good part of the podcast, is when he discusses about like maybe the difference between college and the NFL was in college, he says he wasn't on the hard drugs yet. Uh, he got to the NFL and he was exposed to a whole new world of potential types of partying, but that he also really started to isolate him then. Yeah. And, and like, that's a really sad part of a lot of like hard drug use stories is how isolating it is. And you just feel so much. He talks about how much shame he felt uh, and that he would just hole up and do what he was going to do. But it wasn't, it's not, it's, it's not like being, you know, Metallica on tour in 1988. No, and something. he was in Cleveland. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like he's yeah. not even somewhere where he even felt like going out. He's yeah. in Cleveland. Um, so that was a lot of interesting stuff in this podcast. The, the one that's, the cut that's getting the most run here locally is uh, Johnny's thoughts on his relationship with his former head coach, Kevin Sumlin, from his time at A&M. What was the relationship like? What did the relationship turn into? My relationship with Kevin Sumlin was great. You know, um, he was my dog. You know, he rode for me hard. He went to bat for me. He went to war for me in a multitude of different scenarios. You know, I think where our relationship fell out a little bit is how do you have a guy who's a grown man who I look back on this now reflective in this? You know, how do you have a guy who's a grown man, you know, telling me what I should do? Obviously, my coach, my guy I'm looking up to, my head football coach, is telling me to live a certain way and put all this party and this behind you. But if you know anything about Kevin Summons, what he's doing behind the scenes. Oh, he's partying too? So from behind, from my eyes, so you say, I'm it's hypocritical. Doing, we're partying together. Just, well, we're a 40-40 club in New York. Yeah, oh, yeah. We in the back room playing pool with Ace of Spades. We're chilling. Right. Coach is there. This is what he does. So now looking back at it, it's hypocritical to me. And our relationship is great and will forever be great. And no, I do not sit here today as a judge of a man, a judge of a person who helped get me to the point of where I wanted to be in life. By no means whatsoever. I'm calling a spade a spade. Right. And I'm just going to be and, and give the God's honest truth as what I know it to be. That ruffles some feathers, so be it. Yeah, you can't just drop our relationship is great. It's always going to be great in the middle of something that you're you're just kind of trashing the guy. You're pointing man. out that, yeah, Kevin Sumlin's lifestyle isn't uh, compatible with instructing young men. Right. Kevin Sumlin, a man that uh, is in the business of instructing young men, which is fine. And I know every time we talk about something like this, somebody will say, like, oh, he didn't say anything that was untrue. Right, but... If you're you're dishing on the personal life or potential issues for somebody that you also claim to have a great relationship with, like yeah, you don't do that. Yeah, right. That's like it's, that's like stupid bro code stuff, right? Yeah. Like that's as basic as it gets. Yep. There's lots of things that are true that you could say about your very good friends yep. that you would never say to anybody. Yeah. Certainly not on a podcast. Can't have so. both. Can't have yeah. both. Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, the headline on the Chronicle is Johnny Menzel blasts former Aggies coach Kevin Sumlin no. on podcast. Having said that, the part, the part there, too, where Johnny Manziel multiple times in this interview talks about how he's still growing and he's still learning things and he's trying to take accountability mm-hmm. uh, for things. But, like, okay, there, does he still not recognize the difference between a coach and a player right. and, like, what a coach can get away with putting into his body, like, just drinking and a player? Like, I mean, we go to back to Bear Bryant who, like, the, you know, he liked to sip on the whiskey a little bit. Yeah. He wasn't – there's nothing – there's no player that was like, I'm Bear Bryant telling me to live a clean life. Go screw yourself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I think, you know, like as far as Johnny goes, and we're going to have one more here of him talking about Sumlin, um, is that 
back then he clearly didn't understand that. I think the maybe the I say disturbing. Like I I'm, I don't care deeply enough about Johnny Manziel to hope that he all of a sudden finds clarity in all his issues and everything like that. But it seems like he still feels the same way now that he did in 2012 about all this. You know, yeah. like that there's still. Still got a bug up his butt that Kevin Sumlin was allowed to go party, and he was telling him, "You don't go party." Like he, right, he still feels right. the same way about I, this twelve years later. He admits to a lot of the immaturity, and yet at the same time, will still point the finger and blame people, <laughs> and either with the Browns or with the, yeah. with A and M, without like conceding that. Okay, look, John Man- Johnny Manziel. There are a lot of other people that have been in your position that didn't didn't react the way you did Mm -hmm. you know like it's just there's and lots of people in those very like at those schools or with coaches like that so it's it's Aaron Dirter laundry about Kevin Sumlin doesn't make me feel like oh wow yeah you really get it yeah I didn't understand I don't know if you got it or not but now that you're pointing the finger at Kevin Sumlin now I know you've taken responsibility for yourself Shannon Sharp asked Johnny Manziel are you surprised that someone does not have a head coaching gig right now um no you're not not surprised Mm mm-mm why? Um, I think what made Coach Sumlin so great is no longer really with him right now where his focus is. You know, I think life has gotten the better of him a, a little bit. And I'm a prime example of, and I don't want to sit up here and be a preacher, you know. I don't want to sit up here and tell anybody they're living wrong or anything like that because that's what it used to feel like me back in the day. When they were people were doing that to me. So... Um, I don't see the same spark. You know, I don't have much of a relationship anymore with him anymore. We'll reach out and talk like here and there, maybe once a year, mm-hmm. but not like I have the relationship with my other coaches. All right. So that, I mean, Johnny's going deep on a question that I think has, I like, honestly, I think if you ask just your average college football fan or media member, are you surprised Kevin Sumlin doesn't have a head coaching job right now? But you asked me that. And I yeah. know him a little bit. Like if you asked me that, I'd say, no, I'm not surprised. He, he didn't have a good run at Arizona. And he's, he, you know, he was in the news for the wrong reasons a few months ago because he got a DUI at his job in, in, in Maryland. So, like, empirically, I'd be like, no, I'm not surprised he doesn't have a head coaching yeah. job right now. He, body of work's not all that great lately. Yeah, no, this is one of those elements, too, where I'm, like, it doesn't surprise me at all, like, everything that he's saying. Nothing that he's saying about Kevin Sumlin is a revelation or anything. It's kind of a surprise that he's saying it while also claiming that great they'll forever be, have a great relationship. Someone yeah. with a you're, – you're exactly right. But then so, at the same time, like in the same interview, like a minute later is saying like, well, we don't have much of a relationship anymore. You know, like yeah. he just – he's – like he's, he's all over the place. He's, he's, there's a lot of BS that comes with him. Yeah. Like that's not a surprise. Yeah. He's just – he – he says something and then will like he, he's talking about how his family never explained why they left Tyler, yeah. uh, and then like thirty seconds later he's explaining exactly why his family left Tyler. Right. I just uh, there's a lot of BS to Johnny Manziel. All right. So if there's a lot of BS to Johnny Manziel. Are we buying this story here? This is a story that Johnny is telling, kind of secondhand because he wasn't there for it, but reportedly according to Johnny. His dad went into Kevin Sumlin as Johnny was pondering whether or not to come out for the draft after 2013 and asked Kevin Sumlin for $3 million to get Johnny to stay at A&M. You know, my gut instinct and feel is, and I know this because of instances that happened when I left. <laughs> All right. I'm leaving to go to the draft. And I'll paint a picture for you. It's 2000, the spring of 2014, December 2013, right in there about December, January. I'm getting ready to make this decision on if I'm going to the NFL draft or I'm going to stay. And I found this out five years later from my dad. But my dad went and had a meeting with Kevin Sumlin and pretty much went to him man to man and was like, 
We'll take three million bucks and we'll stay for the next two years. And my dad says this is true as as today as he did when he told me. He left. He did the same thing that he did when Cliff Kingsbury asked him to be the highest paid offensive coordinator the year before. And Cliff would have stayed with me another year and we would have ran it back and gone for another one. Right. But he comes to someone, he asks him for X amount, someone, he had this ego about him that what we built, we was all him. I will say this too. Johnny holds Cliff Kingsbury in very high regard in this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's very much. Multiple times. Cliff Kingsbury came to scout him when he said that we didn't have a we didn't have a scholarship to offer, but I just wanted to come see you work out and have a practice. Well, and and, and they had each other's back too. Remember that cut we played last week of Skip Bayless saying, "Say, saying, Merrill Hodge, you are dead wrong." I talked to Cliff Kingsbury, and he said, "This guy." Yeah. is going to take the league by storm. <laughs> you have never, ever, ever been more wrong about something in your life, Merrill Hodge. Yeah. Yeah, they had each other's back, Cliff and Johnny, for sure. There is a certain, definitely a certain type of lifestyle you can live as a coach or a player in college football that just generally does not cut it in the NFL mm-hmm. unless you're supremely gifted, Yeah, um, both as a coach and as a player. And some of the people who think that they can – diminish themselves and then still go out and compete against NFL players, like get a very rude awakening. And that was Johnny Manziel. Yep. Like, I mean, he's just, he was, he was a horrendous NFL football player. And yeah. like, I, this, this, this is kind of a depressing podcast because he starts sounding like Al Bundy in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. He won't shut up about Texas high school football, which <laughs> is cool that. and all, but like, man, you're doing it in the context of a guy who was an extreme bust as an NFL first round <laughs> he pick. He did a Mount no, Rushmore like, of Texas like, high school football yeah, on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, like, All right, man, you got to lay off. You got to lay off the high school football talk a little bit, man. Yeah, it was funny, man. All right, uh, heading into the 9 o'clock hour. All right, th- there's an NFL team, one of the biggest disappointments of last season – and apparently the dumbest reason that I've ever heard for a team sliding into the toilet at the end of a season. We have that for you coming up next. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.